remember back when our intelligence community came out with their statement saying what Russia had done. This was a huge bombshell, and it was, I think, entirely appropriate that the intelligence community come out with that bombshell because of the ways in which, when President Obama spoke to to any issue, really, there was such a large constituency of people who just wanted to say and do the opposite of whatever he wanted to say and do. And so, since it was a technical finding um, with a strong evidentiary basis when they came out, we expected people from both parties to, to jump up and down and, and be as seized with this as we were within the executive branch. I used to, when I was in the Security Council, talk a lot about how I had just entered upside down land, you know, that what was up was down, what was um, black was white and vice versa. And then little did I know that my own country and my own president would, would in effect, create and inhabit his own upside down land. One point I'd like to make, Anderson, I don't think has come up very much before, and, and I'm alluding now to uh, the president's criticism of President Obama for all that he did or didn't do uh, before he left office with respect to the Russian meddling. If it weren't for President Obama, we might not have done the intelligence community assessment that we did that set off a whole sequence of events which are unfolding today, notably Special Counsel Mueller's investigation. President Obama is responsible for that, and it was he who tasked us to do that intelligence community assessment uh, in the first place. I think that's an important point when it comes to critiquing President Obama. Former President Obama's ambassador to the United Nations, Samantha Powers, has testified that others made unmasking requests in her name. Trey Gowdy who's, has said that on Fox News. Her testimony is that they may be under my name, but I did not make those requests. If that happened, if people uh, usurped the authority to request unmaskings, would that concern you, Director Clapper? Yeah, it would, because I don't know quite how that would happen, uh, uh, you know, because the only way you can uh, make an unmasking request is if you have authorized access to uh, the report in question in the first place. So I, I don't know how that, quite how that uh, uh, would work. I, I'll also tell you that it was not a requirement that, that people who asked for unmaskings go through me for approval. Uh, the approving authority would be the original collecting agency, which normally would be uh, NSA. Breaking news now. Here's Sean Hannity. All right, we have more huge developments as it relates to the deep state abuse of power corruption scandal ignored by the media. First, let me uh, say what Samantha Power said and James Clapper said that you just heard there is totally, completely dishonest. Uh, in as much as all of the things they're talking about involving Russia, it all happened on their watch. And we know that the former House Intelligence Community uh, chairman, Devin Nunes, warned them. And he warned them repeatedly. He warned them behind the scenes. He warned them in the Washington Times early 2014 that the Russians had planned all of this chaos creation around the 2016 election. They did nothing. And then, of course, they ignored Hillary Clinton's dirty, bought and paid for Russian dossier by a foreign agent, which we now know was full of Russian misinformation uh, and lies and used to influence the American people before the election. It was it was spread by members in the intelligence community and then later uses the bulk of information as it is uh, as as, quote, something that was verified when it never could be verified. It was false, not even Steele himself 
himself stands behind it for a FISA application to spy on the Trump campaign, the Trump transition and the Trump presidency. Now, we told you about the big story from our friends over at the American Center for Law and Justice earlier the week, and that is Executive Order 12333. Why was there this feeding frenzy, an absolute frenzy to get 17 agencies access to the type of intelligence that for the prior eight years in their years in the Obama years that only three agencies would have access for? Well, I think there's obvious reasons for that. Now we have some very interesting new information about ex-UN ambassador Samantha Power. Thanks again to our friends at the American Center for Law and Justice. Uh, What we're finding are documents that have been unearthed by them. And apparently Samantha Power. Now think about this. Samantha Power, UN ambassador. And this goes back like the executive order 12333. We were talking about it in 2017. Anyway, the uh, now we know that she was involved in this unmasking and literally uh, up to her eyeballs. We had a 350 percent increase in unmasking after Trump stunned the world to win the election. You know, powers and those emailing her were. I am discouraged. I am frightened. Electing a right wing president is something, but such a morally repugnant bully. Read a November 2016 email to Power that had the name of the sender redacted by the State Department. That email also referred to Steve Bannon as an avowed racist and predicting the worst is coming. And by the way, no evidence uh, in the released documents that Power responded or whatever or chastised. But There is ample evidence that she engaged in a lot of Trump bashing. Why would there be a 350% increase in unmasking by the U.N. ambassador? Jay Sekulow is the chief counsel for the American Center for Law and Justice, counsel to the president as well. All right, tell us what you found in these emails. Well, what I found was, you know, sheer political panic uh, evidenced in Samantha Power's emails uh, showing that, again, the fix was in against the incoming administration even before the 45th president was sworn in to office. And, and I say that we filed, again, these were lawsuits that you file under the Freedom of Information Act. You go to court and then you get documents released. We're finally getting documents and able to go through these documents. And you have this. So Samantha Powers, who was a U.N. ambassador, why she was even involved in unmasking is a is a real question. But you got hundreds of uh, unmasking. About 300 in her case alone, but a 350 percent increase in 2016. And that raises very troubling questions. Yeah, sure. And and then you see. So you have this going. Remember a context here. We're we're now able to put context into this. You you mentioned uh, the information we got the other day. Uh, regarding 12, Executive Order 12333. So we, we know that comes in shortly after this email exchange that we've now got access to. We know about crossfire hurricanes starting in 2016. So all of this is in play, culminating in a new president being sworn in. So what do they say? Well, one of the ideas is she needs maximum amplification for her message. Okay, what's her message? Is that we need to move out on 60 minutes to seek uh, maximum identification. And then to the producer of 60 Minutes, she writes, we're still reeling, as you might imagine. Notwithstanding this, Tuesday's results have given us even a greater sense of urgency to get our work done in the last few months. 70 good long days left. So rather than coordinating with an incoming administration, which is the normal practice in the United States, you have this, you know, like I say, political panic setting in where they're trying to not only undo uh, what the, pr- the incoming administration may, may put in place, but really kind of sabotaging that before it even starts. And you, you go to this, uh, again, another one from Samantha Powers. 
This is to the director of policy planning at the Department of State. She writes, Lord, help us all. How are you holding up? And below, and that she talks about an article, is just one of the many grim things we have to look forward to. And this is, again, in reference to uh, statements that the president-elect was then making. So, look, they're entitled to their opinion. What you've got, though, is an intentional act, what I think is culminating ultimately within 12333. So I think it all ties into that, where they, you know, get in this whole intelligence sharing. But it just shows you the nature of the bias here. It was, you know, in the United States, you win elections, you lose elections, and that's it. And then you have an incoming administration. You, it, the, here it is, the vitriol that... But there's a reason. Up. We now know certain things happen. Sure. We know they rigged Hillary's investigation. She wouldn't have been a candidate if they didn't rig it and save her, because the evidence is so overwhelming, so incontrovertible. You know, when I have my friend Alan Dershowitz on, I'm like, you can't even defend your friends, the Clintons. If I did this, you know you couldn't get me out of jail. Um, but what's so what's so interesting is now that we look at these things in retrospect and now that we know that spying, real spying, not only abroad, but through the use of a phony Russian disinformation Hillary Clinton bought and paid for dossier that the author doesn't stand by. But, you know, they spied internally on the Trump campaign, the transition. They spied on the presidency of Donald Trump from very early on. And right. now, you know, we have Executive Order 1233 and we see the urgency by which they were trying to get this passed in the final days. That tells me that they knew at that point that there was a paper trail and that they were in trouble. Well, I think that's absolutely correct. And then you've got the, the John Brennan bite where he said if it wasn't for the actions President Obama took, this is very important, you would not have had the appointment of a special counsel. I mean, think about that for a moment. What Brennan actually said, if it wasn't for the actions put in place by President Obama, you would not have had an appointment of a special counsel. That is a very dramatic statement. And then we know all of these other issues now all coming to light, all coming into focus as to what was actually at play here and actually what was going on. We're yeah. waiting for the inspector general report on FISA yeah. abuse. But I assume, again, I'm assuming here I, yeah. that he probably is done with the report with the exception of now Durham, who's doing his own separate and investigation on behalf of the attorney general is doing his investigation right. into all of these things that we, I have on this program talked about for two years. And so I, I assume the Christopher Steele interview is going to be very similar to that, which he said in an interrogatory. They, he had no idea of anything in his dossier was true, but yet he was pushing it. And everybody that used it as the bulk of right. information for the FISA application, they were all warned repeatedly. Kathleen Kavlak warned them. Uh, we know Bruce Orr warned, warned them and others. But yet they used Russian lies anyway, and they couldn't verify it, but they swore that they did verify it. That sounds right. like a premeditated fraud committed on the FISA court for the purpose of spying on a presidential campaign to influence an election and then undo an election. Well, if I was Judge Contreras, who was the FISA court judge, I would not be very happy about this. But take it a step further, Sean, and look at the, and, and I think this is, again, part of it. You now got Clapper and Brennan basically saying this. We told James Comey not to use the dossier for FISA as part of the FISA application. When you've got Comey saying, I did this because the intelligence community, including Clapper and Brennan, said to use it. So someone's not telling the truth. So it's Well, if you notice what's happened here. Look, look at Strzok and Page. They now have pointed directly in terms of rigging Hillary's investigation to Loretta Lynch. That's number one. Then you, you're right. You got this battle, this intramural battle between Comey and then Brennan and Clapper. Uh, then you've got 
you know, Comey versus McCabe. And then you've got, you know, there's now a circular firing squad. And I've got to imagine that behind closed doors, a lot of these guys are all turning on each other. What, is, what are the crimes we're looking at, and how are they going to be held accountable? Well, first of all, this is what you've got a, a, a U.S. attorney that's evaluating all of this. And they look at this for, through the prism of uh, both criminal justice, in other words, the criminal codes, the, 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 the sanctions of the criminal codes, leaking classified information, sharing information inappropriately, uh, of course, obstruction of justice, of course, things like perjury, false statements on an application for a FISA warrant, all of that got criminal connotations. What Durham is doing is doing what's basically a deep dive, and that is he's getting to the bottom of what was, because the, the one thing we still, you know, Sean, don't have the 100% on is what really was the start of this? Who said go? Now, the way it sounds like from Brennan, it was President Obama. That's based on Brennan's statement. None of this would have happened without President Obama authorizing it. Having said that, we are going to find out exactly who was doing what. And as you're already seeing, you've got witnesses that are cooperating. Christopher Steele is going to be interviewed, and you're going to find out exactly what we knew from the outset of all of this. And what is that? That there was no real basis to move this forward. This was the insurance policy. All right. So let, let, I think this is a very important point that we're now getting to, because I think we're now about to, to hit this all head on. And Americans are going to now see the biggest abuse of power unfold before their eyes. And I guess the biggest, best question is, and nobody seems to want to ask, why would Obama implement and have an urgency with his executive order, 12333, in the final days of his administration, but not adhere to it himself? Why the increase in unmasking? Why no accountability with the FISA abuse? Um, why, when you look at the investigation into Hillary, the exoneration before the investigation and, and everything else that we know about what happened, um, the, the answer to me is we better hold these people accountable because if we don't, that means we have a two-tier justice system. There's no equal justice under the law and an effort to rig an election and an effort to destroy a duly elected president will happen again in the future. How do you fix it? Well, you can't allow it. First of all, to fix it, you've got to find out exactly what happened, which we're now getting to the bottom of. Uh, secondly, and as you said, there are a lot of really great people at the FBI and the Department of Justice that do their job protecting Americans every day. This was some really bad actors at very high levels. You know, you talk about, quote, you know, we use the phrase a deep state or, or a conspiracy or, or, or individuals. Here, it's, you didn't have to go so deep. This was like right at the top. What about Mueller then? Because Mueller now is going to testify before two committees. And I know the questions. I've repeated them earlier. What what questions I want answered. What do you want answered? First question I want to know is when did you know that there was, in fact, no collusion or conspiracy by the Trump campaign with Russia? What was the date of that? When did you make that conclusion? And then, of course, the follow-up question to that is, and why did you allow that to follow forward? Second question I want to ask is what did you do with evidence gathered by former FBI agent Peter Strzok? He was on the case before, when it was Crossfire Hurricane, before the appointment of the special counsel. He was there for several months when Bob Mueller was in. What did you do with that evidence? How was that utilized? Number three, why did you not catalog inventory Strzok's phone when he was terminated? Why did you allow the phone to be wiped clean and be reissued oh. without, again, getting the evidence? Then I want to know, do you really Last believe question. it's the job of the prosecutor to exonerate? Did you huh. not conflate the prosecution's burden of proof? That's what I want to know. That's just the beginning, too. All right, Jay Sekulow, great work. Uh, We'll have more. We'll dig down deeper tonight on Hannity on the Fox News Channel. Jay Sekulow, Chief Counsel, American Center for Law and Justice. 2.30 a.m. we got here. 
This rally is a big one. This is the mother of all rallies tonight. Melania is going to be here. His whole family is going to be here. The first lady, the second lady, vice president of Mike Pence will be here, and it's a big announcement for 2020. I was second in line at the Trump rally in Panama City, and she was like fourth. So we met there. This time in history for our nation is critical because of the shape our country's been in for so long, because of the fact that the politicians have put themselves so far above the people that our nation was about to fail. And if it wasn't for Trump, our nation would have already failed. But we've, we're being attacked in so many different ways. We're all united. I mean, I talk to Democrats, I get along with them. But if you go on, if you watch uh, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, they're just stirring the pot. And he's saving America. He loves this country. He loves us. He loves us like family. And we love him back like family. He wants to save the nation. Trump cares about America. He can't be bought. He's an American. He, he built America. He worked hard. And he's our president. And I'm proud of him. And it's a critical time in history. If we don't all stand up, there's a good chance Lady Liberty won't make it. But that won't ever happen because we got Trump. I like to be up front and close and see him, I usually stand right in front of the podium when he comes out and they play that song, Lee Greenwood, and the tears, the goosebumps, and he's looking at us and he's pointing and he's winking. It's just an amazing feeling to be at a rally. Everybody should come experience a Trump rally. It's an amazing feeling. Here, it's great. Everybody's happy they're gonna see Trump. We're like the first hundred in line or better. Thank you very much. Everybody's looking out for everybody. He's doing the right thing because he's looking out for the country. He's not looking out for the bureaucrats. He's looking out for us common people that work every day and have to pay the taxes and support all the people that are living off the taxes. And he's looking out for us. From We flew from Boston. We live in Cape Cod. Why'd you come all the way down here for this? Because we're Trumpsters. We love President Trump. I used to wait in line like this and hitchhike to Grateful Dead. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. My eye was there, buttons. Um, you'll have to look at the restroom. I'm just keep turning. Yeah. Because I think they sat on their butt for eight years whining about Obama and then didn't have anything ready to go to correct things. So Trump supporter, but still uh, wanting to hold the Republicans accountable. Absolutely. So the swamp still needs to be. Drained. Oh, the swamp needs to be drained. Yes, absolutely. I think Mitch McConnell and a whole bunch of them are just covering their butts. And I, um, yeah, I hope a lot of the Republicans, I hope new ones get voted in. All right, that's from the rally. I mean, it's amazing. 40 plus hours earlier, somewhat 150,000 people wanting to attend. A little more than Joe Biden's 85 people. Pretty unbelievable. And it's going to be a big party tonight. And they literally were out in a pouring rain in Orlando yesterday. Anyway, glad you're with us. News Roundup, Information Overload Hour, Sean Hannity Show. Uh, Kaylee McEnany, National Press Secretary for the Trump 2020 campaign. Uh, our friend Jeff Lord, author of Swamp Wars, Donald Trump and the New American Populism versus the Old Order. Uh, he is going to be in a bar drinking during this tonight. I don't know what the <laughs> drinking game is. Uh, but uh, welcome both of you. Uh, Kaylee, you're on the ground. You're in Orlando. You're with the crowd. How many people would you estimate are there? Hey, Sean. Yeah, I'm here in the Amway Center now. Uh, it's safe to say there are tens of thousands. There are people everywhere. It started pouring rain. We made an inclement weather announcement. There are people standing out here with their umbrellas as you're hearing thunder Rain pouring down. It's incredible. Uh, this is like excitement like nothing I've ever seen. People camping out for two blocks 
Uh, women, they say there aren't female Trump supporters. Guess what? There are. Uh, black Americans, Hispanic Americans, people everywhere. It is the excitement. You could feel it. Wow. And and how many people did you say overall there were ready? And how many people were camped out overnight? You know, we don't have an estimate for who's here now, but I would say it's safe to say tens of thousands here now waiting in lines. I'm having a staffer nod to me. Yes, tens of thousands. Last night, uh, I would say there was about uh, three quarters of a mile of people with tents all lined up, uh, sleeping out loud, sleeping out there, ready to go, ready to go for the president in rain. I kid you not, in their tents in rain. Wow. Unbelievable. Now, is it a party atmosphere? Is it a fun atmosphere? I mean, you get those Florida, you know, late afternoon uh, thunderstorms, but it actually it ends up cooling the place off pretty good. And then it stops fairly quickly. Um, now, I assume because you're connected, Kaylee McEnany, and you are the national press, press secretary for Trump 2020 in the reelection campaign, I'm assuming you're going to have a pretty good seat tonight. I will. I will have a very good seat uh, from a skybox here, but I can tell you this, the best seat is surrounded by these amazing supporters. Uh, it's a party atmosphere, exactly like you said. Uh, there's fun. There's music outside. They were just playing Freebird from Leonard Skinner, uh, and there was none other than Wallman who made an appearance. Sean, you'll remember him in his, his brick wall suit, so a uh, pretty exciting night for us. Wow. And all right. So Jeff Lord, by the way, very early on, knew the Trump phenomenon was happening. And thus, he had his first best selling book. Uh, tell us what your plans are tonight, because you're cracking me up. I have to work, obviously, <laughs> but go ahead. I, I just knew I had to pass this on to you. Trump supporters here are gathering. They've taken over a tavern here in uh, the little borough of New Cumberland, Pennsylvania. And they are, it's, it's a watch the speech party. And it's, it's gotten so large now that they, they've had to issue tickets to this event. Uh, but believe me, th- this is the central Pennsylvania version of what Kaylee is seeing. I mean, these people are really ginned up about President Trump. And they're going to, you know, turn out and support him. Uh, this is just over the border. One of the sponsors of this is the York Republicans, York County, which is adjacent to us here. And I spoke there a while ago, and before I went down to speak, I, I took a look at the 2016 returns. York County gave Donald Trump 63% of the vote and played a real role in carrying Pennsylvania for him. So, in other words, these are the same folks, and they are turning out, and they're getting ready to do it again. Wow. Unbelievable. And, you know, when I told you that story that, you know, in Pennsylvania, the jobs are so in abundance that they're literally having job fairs in prison. We didn't make that up. That's really happening. Oh, absolutely. It's happening. I I can't tell you every time I drive around here, I see now hiring signs. I go into stores and they're hiring for this. They're hiring for that. It is all over the place. And as a matter of fact, I saw a sign just the other day for a job fair around here. So absolutely. This is this is a very big deal and people get it for sure. Well, and I think it's obvious. I mean, again, when you compare and contrast, you know, when you compare, you know, Kaylee, we can look at the size of crowds and you could see enthusiasm. That's what I see. And and this is not just enthusiasm. This is passion. I was kidding around last night with Carl Rove and Ari Fleischer. And I said, you know, I, I, I would think that if Carl Rove played guitar and, you know, like maybe Jimmy Page of Zeppelin and or Jimi Hendrix, and then we had, let's say, Ari Fleischer could play the piano like Elton John and and piano man himself, Billy Joel, and let's say I could sing like Roger Daltrey, 
Um, I don't think we'd have crowds that big waiting for us the night before. I just don't. Yeah, I don't think so. There's been nothing like this in modern political history. I mean, think about this. More than 100,000 RSVPs. That is absolutely incredible. Compare that to Joe Biden's 85-person crowd. It's Sean, you know, these aren't just any people. These are hardworking Americans. I can tell you a veteran who got out of intensive care after two weeks of being in intensive care argued with his doctor. His wife tells the doctor he's got to go. He's got to camp out the night before the Trump rally. Camped out the night before uh, the Trump rally. And he said he's doing that because he picked up the phone, called the VA hotline, uh, and Laura Trump called him back. There's another lady today I met just got out of the hospital a week ago, coming up in her wheelchair through the rain. Uh, These are people who have passion, exactly like you said. Wow, unbelievable. You know, and look at what Biden, you know, we did see something, and I hate to admit this, whether true or not, I mean, the whole hope and change Obama movement, and, and I tried to be the voice of reason and actually do some real vetting of this guy. Um, but from my perspective, you know, I'm just, you know, blown away by the fact that people don't think this enthusiasm factor matters. And we talked to pollsters yesterday, Jeff Lord, on the program, John, Jim McLaughlin and Matt Towery. And they're like, uh, yeah, it matters. Donald Trump does not poll like any other political figure in history. Well, that, that's right. I, I was listening yesterday, and, and they, were, they were spot on. I have a column on this at the American Spectator this morning, and, and I open it, Sean, with, I mean, here they are trying to project that 500-some-odd days before this election, Donald Trump is going to lose to this, that, or the other Democrat. And I put a link at the very opening of my column to a New York Times story that ran, it was posted at 1020, election morning, 2016. And the headline was, Hillary Clinton has an 85% chance of winning the election. Wow. And it cited all these polls. I mean, and they were just totally wrong. And here they go again. Yeah, and here they go again. You know, I think also, too, the president could take a pretty big victory lap here. And I gave out all those statistics in 2016 and and even earlier about how bad the Biden-Obama years were. And, and, and it's really, are you better off than you are four years ago? It comes down to that, the answer. We have the best employment situation in this country since 1969, the biggest tax cuts we've had in history, the single biggest number of of, of instances where deregulation has taken place at an astronomical pace. Uh, we now have literally two million more jobs than we have people on unemployment. Record low unemployment when you break it down demographically. Hispanic Americans, African Americans, Asian Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment. It's never been better. And America's stronger than it's ever been before. So where do you run and say, well, I'm going to I'm I hate Trump or or Joe Biden mentions Trump 76 times in a day. Does that have any impact? Either one of you. Well, yeah, I I think it does have an impact. I mean, one of the things that's going to be key here, if in fact this does turn out to be Joe Biden as as the nominee, he is going to have to defend the Obama years, all of it. And he's going to be tagged with it big time. And you can bet that the president, President Trump, will not let him get away with it. Right. No, I know. Well, I don't think so either. I mean, I actually can't. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't think Joe Biden. Maybe I'm wrong, Kaylee. I don't see any energy in him. I don't see any excitement about him. I see that he's he's like trying to get some energy and he's trying to dig down deep, but he just doesn't have it. I don't see that oh, he, he has any charisma at all. He has none. And it, it was so interesting this week, uh, last week, rather, to watch the two shot of Joe Biden 
than President Trump. And you have President Trump up there uh, off the cuff, being real, being authentic, being the person who won the presidency because he spoke from the heart. And you have Joe Biden trying to muster enough energy to make it through a primary, staring down at his, at his sheet as he reads off criticisms of President Trump. He, of course, had 76 of them. He's reading them off of a piece of paper. No energy, no charisma, no passion, and certainly no authenticity. Those were scripted. Those were written. Those were poll tested focus group points, just like Hillary Clinton. Didn't work the first time. Won't work the well, second I'll tell you time. what helps, you know, and I got to take a break more with Kaylee McEnany. She's down in Orlando. This is going to be a huge rally tonight. Uh, it starts at eight. I'm sure it'll bleed into my hour at nine on Fox. And of course, we'll have full coverage thereafter and my monologue. Um, but I got to tell you that if you want sleepy, creepy, crazy Uncle Joe, you want to go to sleep, that would help but it's not as good as my pillow. My pillow, I look, I'm an insomniac, but I sleep better better than ever. I fall asleep faster. I stay asleep longer. You can too. And right now, Mike Lindell, the creator of my pillow, is offering his lowest price ever. You get a two-pack, my pillow, premium pillow, $69.98, $34.99 per pillow. Only available, MyPillow.com, toll-free. It's 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity. Remember, MyPillow is made in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee, a 10-year warranty. And I'm just telling you, it works. It is the greatest pillow, the greatest sleep aid ever. MyPillow.com, 800-919-6090. It is literally the best deal ever. And you will get the sleep you crave and deserve. Hannity Watch. Keeping an eye on breaking news and bringing it to you first. Sean Hannity. Kaylee McEnany, the national press secretary, Trump 2020 campaign is down in Orlando. Crowds massive already, and they have been. I want to see what the crowd outside is going to be like tonight. You have well over 100, 150,000 people wanting to go. Uh, People lining up 40 plus hours before the president's announcement tonight. And as Kaylee has been describing, it's also like a fun party atmosphere. It's sort of like a... How do you describe it? Maybe it's sort of like, you know, before a football game and you're, you know, what, what do you call it with the um, tailgate? You're, ta- you're, you're out tailgating. <laughs> yeah. See, I went to yep. college. Yeah, that's right. This is, this is the biggest ESPN game day you could imagine. Food trucks outside, live music. Uh, we're about to go live on the president's Facebook. And, and look, this is just exciting outside. There's no doubt it's going to be a party outside. Someone asked me, how long is the tailgate going on? It's called 45 Fest. Uh, it's going all night. I mean, this is the enthusiasm. People are so pumped that President Trump's announcing his reelection. I had one woman tell me, I didn't want to become a U.S. citizen under President Obama. Uh, I changed my mind. I'm a citizen right now. Just got my citizenship thanks to President Trump, and he's out there celebrating. That's awesome. And, you know, so you're going to be drinking. What's your drink of choice, Jeff Lord? Just curious. 
Oh, I'll have to do the white wine here. I've long ago passed those days, those other days. And you know what we'll do next time, Jeff and Kaylee, is we'll have Sean at the next Trump rally, and he can get up on stage and sing. So then we'll have that. Oh, we we'll have that. We will do it. And you know what he sings best is Charlie Daniels. So as Charlie Daniels yeah, to come to the rally, happen. that's you, not going to happen. If you've ever seen Sean sing, it's it's just a wonder. All right, you know what? This you really would love it. By, by the way, I, she, I saw that performance uh, at a party, as I seem to recall. And I, I think just... you did there, Jeff. Well done, sir. Very well done. Right, you know, I don't even know what to say here. I got to tell you, you but you know. Anyway, have a good time. We'll be looking for you in the massive crowd indoors, uh, Kaylee McEnany tonight. And Jeff Lord, congrats on the new book, by the way. We have it up on Hannity.com, Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. Swamp Wars, Donald Trump and the New American Populism versus the Old Order. Uh, both very key, very instrumental, battling back against the media mob. And they, frankly, both deserve medals of freedom that time. Thank you, Sean, and Thanks I will so raise a glass God. to you and the president and Kaylee and, and Linda. Sean, I had a group. I had a group of volunteers say last night, "Where's Sean Hannity? He's our hero. We want him here." So, yeah, well, Lawrence yeah, Jones is here. down there being a rock star. I don't know if you've caught up with him yet, but he's having the time of his life. <laughs> hey, well, they want you, Sean. They want you here. Well, I'm going to be out on the campaign trail. Tell everybody, let not their their little hearts be troubled. They'll they'll be sick of seeing me by the end of the campaign. Uh, all right, it. quick quick break. We'll come back. We'll continue. And on the other side, the great Katie Hopkins and Rose Tennant, all straight ahead. Do understand that I and other progressives will face massive attacks from those who attempt to use the word socialism as a slur. But I should also tell you that I have faced and overcome these attacks for decades, and I am not the only one. Now, let us be very clear. While President Trump and his fellow oligarchs attack us for our support of democratic socialism, they don't really oppose all forms of socialism. (laughs) They may hate democratic socialism because it benefits working people, but they absolutely love corporate socialism that enriches Trump and other billionaires. Our job 75 years later is to complete what Roosevelt started. And that is why today I am proposing a 21st century economic bill of rights. A bill of rights that establishes once and for all that every American, regardless of his or her income, is entitled to the right to a decent job that pays a living wage. The right to quality health care. The right to a complete education. The right to affordable housing. The right to a clean environment and the right to a secure retirement. As you know, the taxes in many of those countries are much higher than they are, in the, the individual personal taxes much higher than they are in the United yeah, States. But I suspect that a lot of people in this country would be delighted to pay more in taxes if they had health, if they had uh, comprehensive health care as a human right. Uh, yeah, okay, 24 now till the top of the uh, hour. Glad you're with us, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Yeah, everything's free. Well, we've tried this everywhere in the world. It never works. It never works. It is the single biggest lie that governments 
perpetuate. And they literally, every single time it ends up that the, the few, the rich, the power hungry, they use false promises, play on people's fears that everything in their life is going to be handled. They never can ever deliver what they promise, but they do great. That's that. That's how that story would ever end in this country. And meanwhile, we have now for the first time in what forever we're energy independent and which would literally lift the standard of living uh, of every American to levels we'd never dreamed of. If we now produce the energy that we're capable of producing, we are the world's biggest reserves, natural gas, oil, coal. Look at the phenomenon in Pennsylvania. You know, really job fairs in jail because we don't have enough workers. When do you get out? We want to hire you. Uh, I had never heard of that before. So good luck to, you know, creepy, sleepy, crazy Uncle Joe when in Pennsylvania uh, joining us now. It's so great to have her back in studio. I can't believe it. Um, Katie Hopkins from across the pond is visiting well, that means that there's going to be some restaurant bar tonight that is going to be very <laughs> loud with Linda and Katie Hopkins <laughs> and Rose Tennant, by the way, who is our friend from uh, PA in Pittsburgh and longtime friend of the program. And uh, good to see you all. How uh, how y'all? What are you doing here from across the pond? <laughs> We're going to cause trouble, yeah, I think. I <laughs> um, I'm here, Sean, uh, causing trouble in the States, as you can rely on me. And those clips that you just played there, I mean, really, we are not all equal. Some people are less deserving than others. We we have to accept some people on this planet need to be, you know, introduced to their own reflection in a mirror. These are the sort of people that Bernie Sanders thinks we're equal to. And frankly, we're not. Some people are just stupid. A third of the UK has an IQ less than 80. I am not the same as them and I don't want to be included with them. And these sort of socialists always pull everybody down to the lowest common denominator. And that's not good enough for me. And I find it astounding, Sean, if you don't mind, that the continued failures of socialism are completely ignored, or now it's being replaced by a new narrative. They're calling it democratic socialism. And there's no such thing as democratic socialism. I mean, your first election under democratic socialism will be your last free election. And he knows it, and we know it, but unfortunately, the masses, as Katie just mentioned, do not know it. And when we talk about how this is so appealing to the millennials, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because... Oh, they Millennials love it. Everything who don't want for any free. responsibility in the first place, right? Love a government that's going to take all responsibility for everything. What's the best way, the fastest way to turn someone from being a Democrat? You know, ask them to get a job and pay taxes. There you and go. suddenly they wake up and go, oh, it's oh not quite God. as much fun as I thought. But Sean, would you like to be treated under the British National Health Service socialized oh, wait healthcare? A minute. You mean, oh, what, you mean well, let me ask you, my British friend. Hello, yes, hello, is that your hello. best British accent? Because the gobby one says it's no, terrible. The, the gobby one needs <laughs> yes. to chill out and okay. um you know uh, you know what happens is you have these uh the, the royalty and we is this your they, is this your invitation oh my god so yeah. wow nah, that's so yeah. bad <laughs> <laughs> and they curtsy and they, they spot a tea. Oh, Katie, please stop them. Help us. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Is it, is it well, you trying to do Pakistani? Way, I can't listen, work it out. I'm, I'm confused. I can do a, be, I can do a better Linda. You know, Linda's yeah, you can easy do to, Linda really well. Do it. Let's hear I can do a better Linda than you. you. I can do a Linda. Sean, what? No, what are you talking about? Twa what are you talking about? For God's sake, this is a lot of nonsense. For God's sake, let the women talk. Shut up for what, Sean? What? That. We basically have British Linda in the studio today. <laughs> anyway, Sean, what do you want to say? Earlier. What's your point? Get my, to my it. My point yeah. is, Linda's more like this, though. Sean, how you doing? Uh, listen, we got to go to the callers. We're, oh, and I'll say, Linda, where are, we, where are we broadcasting from? <laughs> Singapore. No, no. Where? Where? Singapore. 
<laughs> we're in Singapore. And I'm like, uh, do no. You know, in- do you know, Sean, they're not allowed chewing gum in Singapore. That's how that, tight they uh, are on rules. Yeah, you're not allowed e-cigs there either, but we yeah. snuck them in. Oh, now my. that we're out of them, we can you know, admit there are a whole bunch of jewels in my pocket. Rose Tennant, the voice of reason. reason. Yes, she is. Now, Rose, <laughs> the thing is, is everybody becomes Linda's best friend, which is I really love annoying. Linda. At, uh, here we go. <laughs> here go we ahead. Go. Tell, tell the world how much you love Linda. I do. I abso- there's something about her that is so unique, and you know it, Sean. You just hate yeah, to admit yeah. it. But this girl... Girl, she is mm-hmm. I, when she's your friend. My God, no one can get in your way, and no uh, one's going to take uh, you down. Excuse okay? me, you, don't ever end up on her hate list because <laughs> you're going to get a five-inch heel on your neck until literally it perforates. Listen, these the three women, we arteries. have a rule: we don't do anything half-assed. Everything right. is a commitment. Yeah, fist. That's right. So we're consistent. We're, we're consistent <laughs> with our love is. and our hate. She did that without moving her face. <laughs> she's good. She's good. How many fist. people, by the way, um, how many people, by the way, know that Linda can get really mad and has a hate list? Everybody. I call her to find out is if somebody news? I'm this wondering is about news. is on the list. breaking news sounder her. for no yeah. news. No, this is not news. news now. <laughs> Here's Sean Hannity. Sean, when I want to check someone out, I call Linda first. I'm sorry, I do. I trust her. What do you mean, it. check them out? What, you know, what if do I you need to, to if check out? If they're cool, if they're legit, I'll call her. Yeah. And when you're in England, you call Katie. And, and when I'm in England, I'll call Yeah, Katie. by the way, I don't even know what. I've read that you got in serious trouble, and, and I have no idea what it was about. What did you do now? Because I remember years ago I interviewed you, Katie, and you told me, oh, yeah, the British authorities wanted to take my children. I'm like, yes. what? Yes. Yeah, so basically, well, if you speak out against the narrative, I'm sure you don't understand that at Fox, but um, if you speak out against the narrative that you're allowed oh, to no, say... Oh, no, no, I understand it well, do you? But go do ahead. You, Sean? Yeah, it was a little wink and a nod, that one. But um, mm-hmm. if you speak out against the narrative uh, that you're allowed to say, basically, the state comes after you, and my British government, after jihadis tried to behead me for speaking out against certain things that we shan't mention here, um, the British government even commissioned a play called The Assassination of Katie Hopkins. I remember that. Yeah, so oh they really go for you. So I'm just generally naughty. But the thing I'm in trouble for right this second is that Trump retweeted one of my tweets where I was just explaining mayor of Londonistan is simply useless. So Trump retweeted that. And of course, now everybody's having a complete <laughs> oh, no. fit in the UK. I'm the worst person on the planet. They're trying to remove my home, my kids, whatever, because Trump agreed with, with, uh, with me once. So yes, that's why I've been naughty now, because I'm a friend of Trump. You know, it, uh, I, what what do you mean by no, what does naughty mean? But you did naughty. mention the National you, Health you, Services. Naughty. Yes, naughty. Yeah, and, by, and she no, supports no. Trump. That's naughty. Tr- yes, it's is, naughty is, to support any, Trump in the UK. Do you know about. what they did, Sean? Do you know what they what, did? In what the UK? did they do, Katie? Stop speaking. You know, Urdu, and just be sensible for a minute, Hannity. For God's, for God's sake, what they did in the UK, and bear in mind, we have to pay for the BBC, our state propaganda agent, right? They took the Trump balloon, they remodeled one, and they put it in the BBC studio. You know, that is the level of disrespect the British government and the state have for the office of the President of the United States. And I cannot tell you how emotional it makes me to be back here, to see your flag flying strong, and to just even to be at the airport and listen to you guys saying, service personnel, you are welcome to board first. We thank you for your service. Yes, you know, it's beautiful. enough. It just set me crying in Newark Airport. I look like the mad woman who's been laughing at the rain. <laughs> it's just an emotional thing for me to be in America. And I can't tell you, your First and Second Amendment, your constitution, your president, there's never been a more important time for you and Trump and the work that you do. I, I genuinely mean that all laughing uh, yes, aside. You're awesome. And you know what, Katie, what's interesting too is your country, I mean, it was tyranny that we escaped 
that and 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 now we find that the horse that you know the, the when the tyranny comes no, when tyranny comes like to America horse. it's going to be riding a horse called freedom or fairness and it's not and PJ Media has a great article out today that Mayor Pete wants to free us from freedom my God and that's exactly what it's all about and when so when we see tyranny coming back to America it's going to be riding a horse called fairness and and don't and listen Mayor Pete he just doesn't tip his hand but he's just as dangerous as Bernie Sanders we don't have all the sound bites that we have of Bernie Sanders. But Mayor Pete, he just like Obama, he is not going to show his hand. But I think he's even more dangerous. He's as far left as any hardcore socialist out there. I'm just going to say. And, and the I, city I never, he runs, by the way, is a disaster. I never get any points for being straight. Like, I'm a straight white Christian what conservative mother you want of three. For no, that? Okay, I just like that. some because they get loads of points for being anything <laughs> else. Do. So I'm just going to score right, myself so a 10 for those. I would score you a 10 regardless. Yeah. Okay. I would definitely say she's a 10. Yes. Linda Good. agrees. Okay. Sean, do you want to talk Sean? about the health service or not? Or do you want to rate us? Well, the problem is, is if you need a hip replacement or a, or a knee replacement and, and your life expectancy, you live beyond it, they say no. Tell me if that's true or false. Absolutely true. Um, you know, a six-month no. waiting list if you want uh, operation or any kind of procedure. And if you want a new hip now and you're over a certain age, they won't do it because you're not worth it. And they won't help people who are blind to be able to see if you're over the age of 65 because you're not worth it. Mm. And that is what you've got coming here with socialized healthcare. People think it's this kind of panacea for health. I tell you, it's wait list, it's cues. Um, and mind you, um, you know, healthcare is not a right. It's a privilege. And it's a privilege that America used to do very well. Well, used to is a good point. You know, I mean, it's pretty unbelievable to me that we want to go, you know, we follow all how anyone could trust the government. The government's saying everything's going to be free. By the way, you can't get your own health care anymore. We're going to have Medicare for all. And yet Obamacare, keep your doctor, keep your plan, save money. Uh, everybody paid more. Millions lost their doctors and plans. I mean, it, why would anyone have any faith in these idiots in government? I don't know. It's it's so true. You know, what I'd love to see is an advert, a sort of presidential advert where you have juxtaposed against those guys, Bernie and the others, saying free Medicare for all. And then show your border force vans bringing the migrants in in McAllen to the Catholic charities there. You know, free health care for all means free health care for half of South America as well right now. And that's a very dangerous thing for an American taxpayer. Yeah. It is a dangerous thing. You know, I do have, you know, we should really be learning a lot from Great Britain, Rose, don't you think? I mean, they. I oh, think so. I mean, that's that's how this country was established. You could learn a lot from me, place. Hannity. Hopkins yeah. could teach Hannity a thing or two. <laughs> yeah, well, Just right, about but, basic what, personal hygiene for starters. Uh, what, what? You don't like the way I dress in don't my like t-shirt no. jeans? I think he's no. the best looking guy on radio. Oh, and, I don't know. The trousers and are getting BSA a little TV. high. The no. pants are getting high. No. Why are you insulting me like oh, this? I, I, I don't pants, know why. I'll, I'm just I'm saying you need a lower you. pant. I'm just saying I want you to have a lower pant. A lower punt? Mm. A lower what is pant. a lower punt? What does just, that mean? You know, just Punting? Like you mean lower on the ankle or lower on the hip? No, not lower on the ankle, although that's also true because he lifts up the waist. It's higher because that's a little bit... Are you suggesting that he wears mom pants? I'm saying that as men get older, they typically dye their the wrong shade of black and they lift their pants. I've never dyed oh my, my hair in my life. I know you're on. Sure maybe. have to take a stand. I'm sorry. Sure, maybe I say so. Whoa, 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 whoa. I've never, I've never. You have a will. high pant. You have a high pant. What does a high pant mean? I think your listeners panting. know. Your I listeners know. They're they, with me on this, Hannah. Oh, what you is it? Listen Linda, Sp Singapore, Send tell me, what, what is a high pant? <laughs> It just basically is something that happens to men over 50. It's a mom gene. Where like mom essentially gene. Uh, you uh, move things to a certain side to lift your pants a little higher. Okay. Oh, slow down, everybody. Slow it? down, everybody. Can I just say something? <laughs> Linda, am I not in the best shape all the years you've known oh, me? Oh, here, here we, we go. go. Jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> 
By the way, I think I think what we should really talk about is Katie Hopkins impersonation of you. Listen, I am going to concede this half hour radio that will go down in history is one of the few I've lost completely control, any control a little bit. But it's just so funny. Well, listen, I will tell you, though, we're going to really miss you guys when you when you where are you guys going out to drink we're not going to talk if only we had a timeshare in mexico to go to where we could really set free right sean uh yeah well you have a timeshare in mexico and why haven't you gotten out of it yet that's a really i'm working brian and karen are mad yeah well brian and karen honestly they should be so pissed off with you i mean here it is they're trying to help save you money they can do it legally quickly and by the way katie you know the story right linda was 20 some odd years old and she's having the vacation of her life and some guy comes up well you know you can come back here every year and experience exactly (laughs) what you're experiencing now every single year she still owns the timeshare ask her katie how many times linda singapore have you been back to your timeshare in mexico Come on then, Linda, Singapore. How many times have you been back to a timeshare in Mexico? Come on. Come on. The, the funny part is I've been back to Singapore twice. I mean, I've okay. gone there. Now, how, many, how much do you pay a year for that stupid oh. place you never see? More than I care to admit. I was really thinking, and they won't say in public, but she just said, you know, what a lot of us see and know to be true. And you guys just got her, and she was just she just said the truth. They're not objective piece. They're not an objective source of information. They are a highly biased political machine um, that is bent on never letting somebody like Donald Trump come to power again. Hmm. 2020 is certainly on top of now my old organization, Justin Safety, is top of mind. They've been working on it since 2016 to make sure we're ready for 2020. So training our algorithms, like if 2016 happened again, would we Technology companies are censoring conservatives, and they're going to do this right up to the 2020 election. Well, they're doing it to me on Twitter. I mean, uh, what they did to me on Twitter is incredible. Uh, You know, I have a... You know, millions and millions of followers. But I will tell you, they make it very hard for people to join me in Twitter, and they make it very much harder for me to get out the message. They make it, it's incredible. Yeah. And it So, what are you going to do about it? What do you, I mean, these companies have an enormous amount of power if they could even stop the president of the free world in terms of getting his message out. What am I going to do about it? Uh, These people are all Democrats. It's totally biased toward Democrats. Uh, If I announce tomorrow that I'm going to become a nice liberal Democrat, I would pick up uh, five times more followers. I was picking up 100,000 followers every few days. And all of a sudden, and, and I'm much hotter now than I was a number of months ago. Okay, a number of months ago. Then all of a sudden it stopped. Well, somebody at Google Russia, said they don't want what, what happened in 2016 to happen in 2020. They don't want it to happen again, right? Is that oh, what you're referring so to? The, let me tell you, they're trying to rig the election. That's what we should be looking at, not that the witch hunt, the phony witch hunt, which has proven zero. Uh, you know, I mean, not even a phone call. This is the, the greatest political disgrace in history. Is what technology companies are doing, what they did to you, is that legal? Are they breaking the law, Mr. President? Well, I, I don't know whether, it, but I tell you what, they should be sued because what's happening with with the bias, and now you see it with that executive yesterday from Google, the hatred for the Republicans. Right. It's not even like, gee, let's let's lean Democrat. The hatred, and actually, you know, I heard that all during my election. It's hard that I won. They were they were swamping us with negative stuff. 
All right, that was the uh, president weighing in on social media and all the varying controversies now that have come up, including the latest one on Twitter, Project Veritas. Uh, By the way, the president tweeting, talking about the tape that we played for you and we talked about the other day. Uh, Remember, in that particular tape, we had Google executives on tape. You know, in and then an insider talking to Project Veritas, you know, that they're they're bent on not letting somebody like Donald Trump ever come to power again or for Donald Trump to win in 2020. I mean, and the Google head of responsible innovation saying Elizabeth Warren is misguided on breaking up Google and um, Google exec says, well, don't break us up because smaller companies don't have the resources to prevent uh, the next Trump situation. Really? Insider uh, says that Prague University and others, their content is suppressed. That's what the president was also saying about Twitter as well. Leaked documents highlight a machine learning fairness. How does a machine learn fairness? Basically, How do they have a politically correct worldview? You look at Project Veritas and their video and James O'Keefe, he uses Google and he looks, emails Hillary Clinton and emails Donald Trump. And, hmm, well, it doesn't come up the way it normally would. In other words, Hillary's email scandal. Why is that? Anyway, documents appear to show editorial policies that determine how Google is publishing their news. Uh, Project Veritas's CEO and founder, James O'Keefe, is with us. Could be the biggest video that they've uh, outlined yet. And yet he's having trouble getting his message out because places like YouTube, I understand, have taken your video down. What's their, what, what is their argument for taking your video down? Uh, Sean, thanks for having me on. Um, it, uh, this is definitely the biggest story we've ever broke. And that's saying something because you and I have known each other for 10 years, all going, going back to the acorn story. But this... This is truly extraordinary. YouTube banned our Pinterest investigation. Twitter suspended Veritas for that story. Reddit banned Project Veritas. YouTube removed this Google investigation. And now Sean Vimeo, which is a competitor to Google, has removed our entire account. What is the reason, you say? The reason they tell us is there's a privacy violation. We don't understand what they mean by that. We're reporting newsworthy information. That's what journalists do. The real reason... Well, do they keep up content, say, from other news sources? No, because other people have reported the same thing we're reporting. These are documents. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, are you being singled out versus other people that that post things that are news-related? Yes, and I tweeted that at YouTube's CEO. Now, YouTube has responded. They issued this ridiculous response that has been um, – they're being inundated on Twitter with angry, patriotic people upset with their absurd response. But, Sean, this is truly an extraordinary series of events. These stories have not been taken down because they're false, but because they're true and we're hitting close to home with this machine learning fairness. And you heard Trump, the president, a moment ago – talk about the comments made by Jen Janai. Trump was talking about the quote from Jen Janai, which stated they're trying to prevent the next Trump situation, which stated their definition of fairness is different than what Trump supporters think is fair, her words. So, Sean, they're taking all of our videos off the Internet. They're trying to scrub this from history, but I don't think they'll be successful because there's been an online uprising over the last couple of days, and this is all happening in the public view. All right, let's go back to the very beginning. Um, you get this this woman. By the way, what what is this department that she she runs and and works out 
at here, this Miss Janai. I, I'm having a hard time understanding what it actually means. Um, there, because it just it doesn't make sense to me. And how are they teaching artificial intelligence? And what are these algorithms they're creating that literally represses conservative content? So this is, um, again, you're referring to Jen Janai, the executive at Google, who runs something called the Innovation Department. She heads up Google's innovation efforts. And I think the best way to characterize what they do is this this is a document from within Google that we've obtained and this is this is a if if I had quoted this document Sean without having the document you'd think I was a conspiracy theorist but I'm going to read it to you because this will help you understand what this individual does it says in in some cases it may be desirable to consider how we might help society reach a more fair and equitable state via product intervention or algorithmic fairness. So what they do is they have human beings go in there, modify the computer code, modify the artificial intelligence and the algorithms. They implement this fairness, and I'm putting fairness in quotes because it's their word, in their artificial intelligence, in the, in the computers. And this executive is confessing this to in this recording. So what they're doing at Google is they're trying to change the outcome of elections through artificial intelligence algorithms, and they've denied it publicly. That's why this story is so big. We got them, and that's what Jen Janai said. She issued this long, rambling response saying, Project Veritas got me. I shouldn't have said what I said. Oh, they got me, but I shouldn't, and she's not getting fired, but the reality is, is this is what they're doing. Now, you know, we have to look at the magnitude. Linda did a great job last uh, the other day two days ago looking up all the numbers i mean you're talking about billions of people every year using google to search for news and information in an election years uh if they're suppressing information that would for the purposes of endorsing and favoring a candidate isn't that an in-kind donation and isn't it one that really is incalculable well that's exactly what uh, what uh uh, people are saying, attorneys are saying this might be an FEC issue. I think, Sean, the, the, the biggest issue right now that I can see, and there's been some congressional hearings since I last talked to you, Ted Cruz, Dan Crenshaw, Congresswoman from Arizona was grilling these executives about machine learning fairness. There's been another document come out. Well, by the way, let me, let me go to Crenshaw for just a second here, sure. um, who's a good guy. Uh, but anyway, he, a congressman from Texas, and he was questioning Derek Slater, global, uh, Google Global Director of Inf- and Information Policy. And, you know, according to these emails, the emails say, given that, you know, different people uh, like Dennis Prager are Nazis, et cetera, uh, that's a premise. Uh, what are you going to do about that? And, you know, Kenshaw then pro- from Texas goes on and says, thank you for some of the uh, thoughtful discussion, et cetera, et cetera. But there are good questions on whether some of these con- the content provides education so that we know the bad things out there, whether it's radicalizing people. Those are hard. But Crenshaw also goes on to say that, you know, and talks about you at different points and goes on to say that uh, if you if you're going to be the determ- make the determination of what is good and good content, new- content or news or not news, and you have a bias, well, I mean, the, it, it, you're rendering, you're picking sides here. And with the amount of power somebody like Google has, that could be extraordinarily 
influential, couldn't it? Well, I, yes, and it, I was going to say, Sean, it comes down to Google has been granted a special immunity from Congress, Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, and the issue before Congress right now is that they want to continue giving Google that exemption. Now, why this expose is so big, it's the biggest thing certainly I've ever reported, is that it implies that Google should not be given this protection because Google is no longer merely a platform. Now they're a publisher with an agenda. So previously, they have been exempt from liability. And now these revelations, which talk about a certain viewpoint point and they want to change outcome of elections. All of these words are theirs, not mine. Congress probably has to do something about it. They have to do their job. The president says that Google should be sued. I've told you before, Sean, this is a watershed moment in this country. The floodgates are opening. Veritas, Project Veritas, has been inundated with insiders, sources on the inside, reaching out to me this week. I mean, we're talking dozens of these people who want to uh, blow the whistle for their country to report what's going on. Because if you think, if you're worried about the impact on an election, Google can can change that and in, in influence that in ways you can't imagine. And that's what this expose is about. All right, quick break. More with James O'Keefe, founder, CEO of Project Veritas, and much more as we continue. And right, as we continue, James O'Keefe, he is the founder, CEO of Project Veritas. And I don't know, I think this is probably, there's, there's going to be a lot of fallout for this. You know, 63,000 searches on Google per second. I mean, that, that is insane. You know, wow. Google's ad revenue amounted to almost $95.4 billion in, what, just the year 2017 alone. You know, Google owns 200 other companies. You know, they have 27% of the share of the global email client market. I mean, it's a massive company. And, you know, you look at that and then you say, well, okay, well, now they're going to censor content of conservatives and they're going to decide... Uh, not to run things uh, politically that they disagree with, that's a problem. Yes. I mean, Sean, I mean, this, Janai says she reinforced several times Google's imperative to, quote, prevent the next Trump situation, quote, prevent it from happening again, quote, being ready for 2020 by training algorithms for a different outcome using machine learning fairness. I mean, it sounds like something from 1984. 1984 wasn't just the year I was born. This great book by George Orwell. I mean, it's just it, it shocks the conscience, the, and, and, and we got them. We, we got them to confess what they're doing. I think the question is, Project Veritas you know, really gives ammunition to, to the people. I don't know what Congress is going to do. Trump says he's going to sue people. I think that the next thing that needs to happen is more people need to come forward. ProjectVeritas.com slash brave uh, and uh, Veritas tips at ProtonMail.com. If you're on the inside, if you want to be a patriot, if you want to tell stories, I mean, these people are not going to the New York Times or the Washington Post, Sean. They're coming, they're coming to Project Veritas now. So we have a responsibility to keep informing people about what their intentions are as it relates to 2020. All right, these videos we have posted exclusively. Apparently, they can't take them off Hannity.com or Project Veritas's website, uh, but apparently it's off of YouTube and other places as well. But you got to watch them for yourself. And you're saying that now you have a lot of other insiders at Google reaching out to you. So I would expect there's going to be more follow-up in the days and weeks ahead. Yeah, we're we're releasing some more documents here imminently today uh, about some censorship. 
And there are some people that have reached out to us. I've, I'm looking at some of the messages right now, Sean. But they've, again, I just want to remind your audience, they've taken us off YouTube. They've taken off Vimeo. Reddit has banned us. This is the moment. It's, it's all happening. I don't think they'll be able to silence us. I think that, that the fight has gone too public to hide, and it's all happening now. Nothing's going to stop. We're going to keep exposing the truth. And I thank you, Sean, for, for being one of the first people out there to push this story. And, and, uh, and thank you for, your, for, for helping us expose this truth. All right. Project Veritas, the CEO and founder, uh, James O'Keefe. Thanks for putting your neck out there. All right. Glad you're with us. 25 now until the top of the hour. News Roundup information overload uh, coming up. Well, James O'Keefe, founder, CEO, Project Veritas, well, he is struck again. And he's now exposed what might be, I don't know, I mean, he's done a lot of big videos over the years. But anyway, it might be his biggest yet because he and his team have been able to do their thing. And they are now exposing Google and what is a political antipathy, animus, hatred for the president and all conservatives. Uh, now, YouTube, by the way, is working in concert with Google to bury this development and news by blocking James and uh, his Project Veritas from getting this video and information to the American people. By the way, we will put it up on Hannity.com so you can see it until they hack us for the 4,000th time. Uh, anyway, let's play... These uh, I will explain it more as we, we talk to James in a second, but just pay very close attention to what they're saying here. An insider saying Google has an editorial agenda. Insider explaining how achieving fairness through product intervention. Um, then you've got, you know, examples of this algorithm of theirs and an insider says fairness means manipulating search results so they can get the political agenda they want explain it, explaining machine learning's algorithms i mean it's not the head of responsible innovation at google talking about setting the definition of fairness an insider saying that after trump was elected google wanted to fight hatred so they began to police their users started a concept of machine learning fairness oh their agenda or the highway well you know wouldn't this be viewed as an in-kind massive un uh, incalculable donation by google to all things liberal and democrat let's play this we got called in front of congress multiple times and we've not shown them because we're like we just know they're going to just attack us like we're not going to change our Like, if 
Google is protected by Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. It says, quote, no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider, unquote, meaning Google is not liable for any content on their platform. Some people think a solution is this Section 230 and taking it away. I mean, they violated not only the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law. Section 230 uh, says that in order for them to be a platform, they can't censor the content uh, that they have. Instead, they've decided to act as a publisher, making them responsible for everything that they put on. And they're still masquerading as a platform, even though they're acting as a publisher. Google's really thinking, and they won't say in public. But she just said, you know, what a lot of us see and know to be true. And you guys just got her and she was just, she just said the truth. They're not objective piece. They're not an objective source of information. They are a highly biased political machine um, that is bent on never letting somebody like Donald Trump come to power again. Let's type in Donald Trump's emails. Okay. Show me what I'm looking at here. So what we see right here is relative to the search term of Hillary Clinton's emails, Donald Trump's emails has no search traffic. No search traffic. Now let's go back to Google.com and search for Donald Trump's emails, and it should show us no autocomplete because according to Google, no one searches for it compared to Hillary Clinton's emails. But it does. It gives us a whole bunch of different examples for autocomplete. So nobody's, fewer people search for this and it autocompletes and everyone searches for Hillary Clinton's email and it doesn't. That's right. What's the explanation? Well, according to them, Hillary Clinton's emails is a conspiracy theory and it's unfair to return results based on her emails. And so through their program of ML Fairness, they've deleted the autocomplete off the internet like it didn't even exist. How did they do that? Was it manually? Was it a human being? Was it a, was it, was it a machine? AI? Well, the way that it works is that they're training the AI now with uh, a human, with a bunch of humans that you consider them social justice warriors or whatever you want to label them, but they are feeding the information and training the AI so that it will uh, return results like this. And when they aren't able to, um, to, to train it, there's actually something that will, someone that will go through and manually delete certain keyword terms or put it as a blacklist. There's a lot of people filing bugs internally against Google, against these invalid results, and they ignore them because they've got no interest in fixing uh, things that go against their social justice narrative or uh, reduce what they consider to be fair. Wow. Now this is, I know it's a lot to absorb. I, I, I want to break this down to make it as understandable as possible. James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, they're undercover cameras. They get the head of responsible innovation at Google talking about setting the definition of fairness. Then we've got an insider, obviously an altered voice that you're hearing saying that Google is hell-bent on making sure another Trump doesn't come to power. Uh, and this woman of responsible innovation, who 
is, you know, setting the definition of fairness. And, you know, after Trump was elected, Google wants to fight what they define as hatred. So they begin to police their users. That would be you. And they start the concept of machine learning fairness. And that means manipulating search results. So they get the political agenda that they want. And machine learning algorithms are set up. And O'Keefe gives examples of this, which you just heard. And, you know, Insider explaining how the, you know, achieving fairness through product intervention, they're training basically their artificial intelligence to do all of this. And the woman that we were just talking about that you heard first is saying that Google's training their algorithms for 2020 in case there's a repeat of 2016. Now, Google is that powerful. Now you're going to give the single biggest donation ever in the history of politics. They talk about in-kind donations. It's incalculable. If you can't search and get information that is fair, not biased by Google or any of these search engines, that's trouble because they're manipulating the information that should be available to the American people. And that would be violating, by the way, the, the, the law, the spirit of the law, Section 230. But, you know, Google is now targeting and censoring right-wing content. You know, anyway, James O'Keefe back with us. This might be your best work ever because you got inside Google and then you got an insider to tell you what's really going on and confirm what you found. Yeah, Sean, this, this, is, this is, I think, the biggest story we ever did, and that's saying something. This is an on-the-record whistleblower working for Google.com, basically risking his entire career to go on camera. We've got the document showing the machine learning fairness. That sounds like something out of an Orwell novel, but it's their words, not mine. Using product intervention to reach society a more fair and equitable state. And we have these admissions from these, these secret recordings of these executives inside Google. Jen Janai is her name. She's the head of Google innovation department and she actually says the words we want to prevent the next trump situation it's like a small company can't do that the way that we can by staying big and she also says that she wants to change the outcome of the 2020 elections now some breaking news sean some things have happened in the last few hours senator cruz just grilled google executives just just an hour ago in Congress about this, um, Google has responded. The Google head of innovation, Jen Janai, responded by saying um, that Veritas got me well done. So she admitted she said what she said. They've scrapped their social media. YouTube, whose the parent company is Google, took down, Sean, our video last night, citing privacy violations. I'm not sure what they mean by that. We're reporting information the public needs to know. And this story has become a viral online phenomenon, and more insiders are coming to me as I speak. All right, as we continue with uh, James O'Keefe, founder, CEO, Project Veritas, maybe their best work ever. I mean, the the depth of this, you cannot calculate in my mind. You can't. The the in-kind contribution here, this is basically Google trying to rig an election in favor of, of their candidate. And Google being, how many people go to use Google a day? Do we know? Oh, it's, it's uh, I don't even know the number. Maybe even a billion. I don't, I don't know the number. So that means that they are rigging the flow of information. I mean, it sounds like a police state. You're right, 1984, right? 
And yeah, that's what, that's what it, it sounds like, Sean, especially the language in the documents. And, I, and we have leaked documents here. These are confidential documents. One of the documents is about fake news, and it says our goal, I'm going to quote this here, our goal, Google's goal is to establish a, quote, single point of truth for the definition of news across Google products, a single point of truth. I mean, that sounds like something... I don't know, George Orwell would have, would have written in a draft version of his, of his book there in 1984. And, and there's another quote, Sean, from another PowerPoint presentation in the video. Again, YouTube took this video down, but it's on the top of Drudge Report right now. And it says, people are programmed. That's a direct quote. Algorithms are programmed. Media is ranked. And people like us are programmed. That's what Senator Cruz was asking this Google executive in Congress, and she had no answer. She says she disagrees with the contents of these documents. Uh, but they are authentic, Sean, and, and I think this is a watershed moment because I think a lot of people inside these companies are, are, are upset. They're coming forward. They're blowing the whistle. I think things are going to change. And, Sean, you can spend all the money on buying advertising on TV stations, but if Google is able to modify their algorithm by 1% or 5%, it's it's the election is going to be solved. but it's not one or five percent i mean they're basically saying that we we don't ever want a donald trump to win re-election or anybody right. like him to ever win the presidency again right that's exactly that's that's what she says she says a small now, company can't do that yep yeah i mean would they argue oh well we have the freedom of speech to pick and choose what we give to our uh the people that use our services well, if they do, I think there would need to be a full disclosure, don't you? Yes, I don't think they should disclose the algorithms that they use, but I think the point is that they Not need to be nope. transparent. If they're they going to be, be a political organization, they need to be a political organization. They have no credibility as a search engine, and, and, and they're not a platform. The whole issue is, should they get the exemption on this? what's called a Section 230, which is basically, are they a publisher or a platform? And if they want to be a platform, they can't arbitrarily decide what is their, their single point of truth. What the insider told me, I asked the question, I said, would they say this publicly? And I said, they'd never say these things publicly. I said, why not? So my point is, establish, tell the world in Congress, don't lie under oath to Senator Cruz, tell them under oath that you want Trump to not win re-election. And that, you know what, Sean? I'd be happy if they did that. I think that, that All right, would this be is okay. stunning. We're going to play you know? a lot of this tonight on Hannity, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. I think your best work ever. This, this is a very, very scary, frightening, chilling scenario. Um, and a huge story. Uh, James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, you know, basically they're hell-bent on never letting someone like Donald Trump ever be in power again. Wow. I mean, you know, uh, you, are you kidding me? Smaller companies don't have the resources to prevent the next Trump situation. Uh, it sounds like this is the computer version of... Uh, you know, hacking, if you will, or influencing of the election in the most manipulative ways and with non-disclosure and a campaign contribution of incalculable proportions. You had a tough day today. I Linda, never have a tough day. You no, know, no, you've had a tough day. Ethan and Jason and Kylie, everybody, Katie, they can all. Oh, good and, Lord. And, well, sweet baby agrees, and but Blair what agrees. Mean, sweet baby every, agrees. First of all, everybody sweet baby agrees with me. Side. All right, so let's tell everybody what happened. So, no. who was the first person to bring up the story about our, you know, this 2020 event? 
Well, I so, had a meeting earlier, and our good friend Major Dan happened to be in the area and popped up for a hot second. You and Major Dan are like, you know, tied at the hip. I love these veterans. What can I say? I love my veterans. No, They're I think awesome it's a great people. thing. Okay, so now Anywho, he's talking we got to about talk, a golf got, tournament to no, raise money. I don't know what's public and what's not. So I'm just going to say we were talking about talking. golf. Golf. And, wait, 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 say it again. We were, say these words. We were talking about golf. I don't know who talks like that. Not me. Say it. No, I'm not saying that. Say it can't again. Talk like that. But will you please do it? Can't talk like a like a say, long. All right. Say guy. we were talk. Say we were talking. We were talking about about. Say it. Golf. Golf. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> we were talking about golf. We were talking about golf. I don't know. Well, everyone Whatever. else is laughing. We're talking about golf. Anywho, in, in Singapore, so they don't know this. So Major Dan's going to hear this. Oh in man! So what happened was, um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. he was talking about you know, talking you know, about. they have this awesome company, Folds of Honor and Volition, which have partnered together. And right. Volition is just fantastic. That's my friend John Sepianti. Yeah, by the way, you company. can get that stuff at Puma.com. Yeah, Puma.com, Volition's going to have its own line. They're doing fantastic, and they just they give back to the veterans. They're just awesome people. So uh, we're sitting there in the room, we're talking this and that, and he starts mentioning um, this guy, Jack Nicholas. And I thought he was trying to say Jack Nicholson. And I was like, oh, Jack Nicholson plays golf? Okay. And then you mean, he's like going, the shining Jack Nicholson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm, like which yeah, is that guy, the actor Jack Nicholson. But exactly. he was saying Jack Nicholas. So he was saying Jack Nicholas. So anywho, I leave the meeting, I come back to the studio. And everybody's in here, and I asked the, the guys and gals, and I said, guys, gals, you know this guy, Jack Nicholas, Nicholas, I think, he's in golf? And everybody just, like, fell over. And I was like, why is, yeah, exactly. It's You've story. never heard of Jack Nicholas before? No, I have not. <laughs> Listen, I'm just getting into the sports thing. I'm trying. What do you mean you just get, first of all, first of all, you have a son. I He's, know. Your your three-year-old Liam likes sports. You know what? I will tell you. I took him to his first baseball game this past oh. weekend. Was it T-ball? It was, fee- it was the Phillies. And, oh, you took him uh, to a professional game. I took game. him to a real game. And yeah. it was awesome. And he loved it. He, first of all, we didn't watch the game. In the back of the new uh, uh, Citizens Bank Stadium. Yeah, he's hitting balls. No, no, balls. no, man. They got a whole section for kids. Yeah. They got all the toddlers. They got all kinds of cool no, it's things. it's awesome. It's unbelievable. It's awesome for the kids. Yeah. And he goes right out on the field. He gets a bat. He gets a ball. He was doing great. I mean, it mm-hmm. was it was pretty amazing. He definitely doesn't get that from my side of the family. I'll tell well, you. I got a question. So you didn't go in and sit at your seats at all? That's correct. For the whole game? I never saw the game. <laughs> you didn't go one time to your seats. I she did went not. to an amusement park, but not the game. <laughs> so you play. Listen, I don't have a problem taking you know a little time out to let him play himself. But the idea is to go and watch the game and let him see how big the crowd is and well, get cotton candy scared. and hot dogs. We did the hot dogs. We did the water ice. Rita's water ice. How were the popular. hot dogs? Were the hot dogs good? They were fantastic. <laughs> Do they do cheesesteaks there too? They do cheesesteaks. They do uh, Philly pretzels, hoagies. Hoagies. Nobody and nobody around the, you know, nobody outside of the northeast. Our big talker in Philly. Knows what a those are my is. Philly strong people. They know what I'm talking about. Can I just say something? What do you mean you didn't sit at the seats? I know. First of all, Liam is three. Did you get him cracker jacks? Did you get him uh, cotton candy? Yeah, I got him everything. Sang the song. All right, I made a mistake once. So I'm at the last time Mariana Rivera is pitching at Yankee Stadium, the night they win the World Series, right? It was my son's birthday. 
Who was and that? I'm there. That was the night that uh, Governor Patterson got in trouble for taking free tickets. And remember Randy Levine, who has been a friend of mine for years, he used to work for Rudy. He hears me saying that I bought the tickets on StubHub. I'm not taking free tickets from anybody. I don't want free tickets. And so, although some some of our concert friends have insisted that we come see them and then they drag us in, but I don't like free stuff. I refuse to ever ask anybody for anything free. It just is obnoxious to me. Anyway, so, yeah, I'm like, Randy, he goes, well, why didn't you just call me? He said, you just could have paid face value. And I said, Randy, I said, I'm not abusing our friendship that way. It's wrong. He goes, no, no, no. People do it all every second of every day. And I'm like, no, no, no. I just, that's not how I roll. And by the way, I did pay a fortune for those tickets on StubHub. Where were they? Where did you sit? In the legends section. Now, in the legends section, what I, you know, because I don't go to many baseball games. Who has to, I don't have time for anything. I don't have time for golf. You know, you play golf, yeah, like uh, three times a year. I'll tell now. you one thing. I'm going to take up golf. Uh, <laughs> remind me. I don't know why that's so funny. That remind me what state you're, all. remind me that's what state. That's not something you want to do. Remind me what state you're going to be playing in. Can so we I post can, a video of that to have yeah, we get, I have the clothes. I'm going to wear the clothes. The shoes, not so much, but I like the clothes. Well, you have to wear the shoes. You need spikes when you're on the golf You're not allowed to curse. I don't know if uh, Linda's yeah, aware of that. You know, you're not got a country club. Course. Cursing is curse. a big. Spitting on the course. Spitting. Kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I don't spit. Hitting. You know, you're not allowed to hit people. <laughs> you know, I don't know. You you and the country club, I don't know if it's going to mix really well. Does it have to be a country club for me to play golf? No, there, there, no, that's a good question. Like, for example, Beth Page Black, which is one of the best courses in the country, is a public course. Pebble Beach is a public course. You know what? I'm going to make my own golf course. That's going to be my next uh, LLC. Okay. It'd be, yeah, yeah. And where are you going to get the millions and millions and millions to do that? I'm not sure. And we're going to get the money to water the lawn. It's going to be called Come As You Are. Linda Golf's here. <laughs> Linda, we'll call Linda Golf's here. Come as you are. Curse as you That's want. Right, spit baby. as you want. Fight all over the First place. First of all, I don't spit. Oh, you don't spit. I'm not denying anything else, but I don't spit. That's well, you are violent, especially if you Oh, thank drinking. you, Sean. Jeez. <laughs> well, you are violent. I mean, that's all there is. There's no other word to describe it. You I'm know, when you start hitting innocent you. people after you've had a couple of drinks, it's... It, it, Sweet baby's laughing. Jason's laughing. I tell you, you make me sound real good on the air. I'll tell you what. I'm not trying to make you sound good. I'm just telling people the truth. You are not trying to make you sound good. You you just hear yourself. What the hell's the matter with you? I actually used to be a halfway decent golfer, but then this guy came down an escalator and life changed rather dramatically. Yeah, I hear Um, you. And our job is a little busier than it once was, but which I'm happy for, and the country's in a better position, but I'm in a fight every second of every, and you know how I say, you know, the media lies every second, every minute, every hour of every single day. That our lives are insane every second, every minute, every hour of every day. It's the truth. There's always something on the, on the tail, right? Dealing with this crowd, dealing with this crowd, dealing with this, dealing with, you know, big time. Hey, Jay, Houston, Texas, what's going on, baby? Big time, Sean Hannity. Hey, first yes, of sir. all, after watching the demise of the Democrat Party for the first half of last night, it was a joke to watch these idiots. And hey, it's going. Hey, it asks, uh, well, who won the debate? Trump. <laughs> we love everybody. Isn't that great? <laughs> Isn't that great? And, and who gonna pay for all the free stuff that they dishing out? And, you uh, and me nah, and Linda. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I, that's I all true. To, well, if they come to Linda, I'm pretty sure Linda, she can handle it. 
And I'm pretty sure I wouldn't want to hear the words come out of her mouth when she get through with them. That's all right, AJ. I love you. You never need to worry. <laughs> Big time. You know and I know what I'm saying is true. And she, now that she's going to pick up, how do you say it again? You, first you were It's talking, golf. You were talking about golf. <laughs> what is golf? I don't know what, what does that mean? Call it, but I call it golf. Golf. What is golf? But you got to love the accent. By the way, hey, hey, you got to say accent. this. She's sitting for the interview at the big country club, uh, you know, where everyone wears pink and orange. And I'm so grateful we're coming up on a break. And white pants. <laughs> and Linda, how you doing? Because my, my name's Linda. How the are you? You know? <laughs> Jesus, God almighty. Break, break, break. All right. Big time. We love you, man.